1: Welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show on our Twitter page, which is at ChampionshipPod, and you can also follow me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Hello, my name is Louis Shackshaft.
2: Uh, regular on the podcast. I support Sheffield Wednesday. I do a lot of arti- uh, articles, blogging and Sheffield Wednesday statistics. You can find me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft.
3: I'm Simeon Pickup, I'm editor of the Tarhurst and a Reading website, and we do a bit of podcasting as well uh, come over and check us out on twitter at the time west end
1: yeah cheers for joining me today guys bit of an unusual one this week recording in midweek but i uh put it off as long as i could until preston's sort of avoided defeat so i'll throw it over to louis and he'll take us through the midweek results
2: oh you're me in at the deep end are you um but well basically going back obviously to tuesday then um Game of the round, let's start with Aston Villa and Preston, 3 all draw, which obviously we're going to touch upon. Uh, Brentford and Birmingham finished 1-1. Uh, Middlesbrough, 2-0 victory at Ipswich. Uh, Board draw at Wigan, 0-0 Swansea. Uh, Leeds continuing uh, decent form at top of the table with a 1-0 victory over Hull City. Uh, QPR on the road at Reading gaining a 1-0 victory also. Uh, Stoke finally getting a win, um, 2-0 at home to Bolton. Um, great form again, Sheffield United definitely up there in third spot, uh, beating Blackburn on the road 2-0. Uh, Derby County drawing with Norwich 1-1. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, which I'll talk about, drawing 2-2 um, with West Bromwich Albion. Another 2 all draw there, Nottingham Forest and Millwall. And um, 0-0, Rotherham against Bristol City. Uh, and that's taking you through all the games midweek.
1: Yeah, cheers for that, Louis. Obviously, you mentioned there the first game that we'll touch upon, and one that made me age about twenty years in the process watching it: Aston Villa and Preston. <sighs> I don't know where to start really on that. Two 0 down, you know, in the first half, going into half time, and a lot more of the same for us. Really, just abysmal first half performance. No real creativity sort of drive anything and you know questions were really been asked to Neil playing our best sort of central midfielder out on the right wing players out of position when he had the players on the pitch to play in the right position so no idea what was going on first half second half though a completely different team that was aided obviously by the James Chester red card which sort of watching it back could count himself a bit unlucky you know he's took down the metro going for on goal, but there was, you know, very minimal contact. So sort of with a an unbiased head on, I think that was a bit harsh from Aston Villa's point of view. But, you know, Preston, to our credit, we we fought, we got it back to two all. And then five minutes to go, we, we go three two up. And, you know, I'm thinking finally, you know, our first win since the opening day of the season. And then in true Preston style this season, you know, we managed to give away an equaliser, Yannick Bellassi and Aston Villa having the luxury of bringing him off the bench, a player that, you know, every team in the division had killed for. To not have him in their starting 11 and bring him on is frightening, really. And then we still had enough time to give away a penalty, which, you know, thankfully we saved. Um, it's a point, a point in the right direction. It stops the the run of defeats which was, I think, six on the bounce at this point, excluding cup games. And, you know, the only way hopefully now is up. Um, We're 24 still, so it can't get much worse. But, you know, we need to start picking up points quickly and going into the game at uh, home to Wigan at the weekend. Hopefully that gives the lads a lot of... Sort of belief to take into that, and you know, hopefully we can start to turn the home form round and and claw away from the relegation places. Um, just get your thoughts, uh, you two, Aston Villa Preston. Obviously, we'll touch on Steve Bruce in a moment. Um, what did you make of the game? And for you, was that the surprise or sort of game of the the week, or was there another one in particular that stood out for you two? Um, I think it was the game of the week. I mean, as you know, like
2: you've, you've mentioned there already, what happened at the end? You know, it, it could have gone either way uh, when you know, (laughs) Preston were winning 3-2, you know, I thought that was it and Steve Bruce were practically going to be sacked at that point at full time, basically. Uh, But then, you know, they've come back and and managed to get a point and and probably should have won it, obviously. Whelan taking the penalty, I think they say he's not scored for years. Um, So it was a surprise that he was taking the penalty. But on another day, I suppose that Villa would take all three points, but it was just simply one of those games, like I say, it could have gone either way and, you know, from a neutral's perspective, it was, you know, a great game. Uh, But other results, what stood out for me, um, I know it was nil-nil, but I keep, you know, noticing that Rotherham keep picking up points. Um, And drawing nil-nil with Bristol City, who I believe is one of the best footballing sides in the division, uh, that was a great point at home, and and they keep doing so. Um, The other one, a six-pointer for me, and I'm surprised that they did manage to get the win. And I'm sure Simeon will touch on this but QPR winning away at Reading um, scoring the goal through Leissner in the second half for me that was a six point to that game um, I know it's early days but in terms of the relegation fight I had QPR tipped for going down this season uh, Reading have or well, both teams actually have started to pick up a bit of form and a, and, and a few points in this division uh, but for me I thought on paper that Reading may have had enough quality there just to uh, nick that at home but obviously not um, which will move us obviously onto simeon and he'll probably talk about that better than myself
3: yeah just another frustrating home game for us really it's uh it's one of those where you've really got to earmark it as a um as a as one to win especially when you come off a um a pretty good run of form i guess beating hull and preston a couple of weeks ago getting a really good surprise point against brentford at the weekend as well Um, but at the end of the day, we just didn't show up, to be honest. The confidence wasn't there. The the desire wasn't there. We were lacking in terms of the team sheet. A couple of players weren't in there. Um, Bod Varson had to withdraw through injury just before the match. John Swift had got um, a goal or two up at Brentford at the weekend and was, for some reason, dropped out the starting 11. But even when those key players aren't starting, we should still be putting in some fight, just defending, basically, Um, which we didn't do for that goal. Um, It's a scrappy game. It's a really low quality game, but it's the kind of one that you really need to get on the right end of. And as Louis said, it's a six pointer, even this early on in the season, it's the kind of match that you need to stop the opposition winning, basically.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think when, I watched Preston against Reading, you know, I thought you looked like a team that can get away from the relegation zone. Obviously, you mentioned there, Bodvarsson was a huge miss for you. And, you know, if he'd have played, you know, who knows what would have happened in that game. One game that I wanted to touch on, though, and I'll come to you for your opinion on this, Louis. Um, Second game that I've seen Sheffield Wednesday in the last week or so, obviously the Leeds game last week. And Adam Reach seems to be having his own goal of the season competition just with himself. Right. Another fantastic strike uh, to go with the Leeds one. And there was a cliff I saw from the the Leeds fans from that game where Reach hit it on the half volley, And I think a few of them sort of cheered, thinking Ooh. it was going over before it, it dropped they in did, the top yeah. corner. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it might have even been yourself who retweeted it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, another... <sighs> From your point of view, I guess it's two points dropped from being 2-0 up, but another good point at home against one of the teams in the top three. Are you sort of starting to build momentum now? I noticed Forestieri got the goal, who is sort of, when I've ever seen you play, one of your better players. No, Bannon's taken the, the plaudits this season. Are you confident that you're starting to put a run together now? I think you're a point or two off the playoffs. Do you think that they are a, a realistic possibility this season?
2: Uh, not as
1: yet, because
2: simply put it down to the fact that we've, we're have the only team left in the division who have not kept a clean sheet. And and yes, you can look at the West Brom game and I thought we put in a very professional, uh, at times dominant performance. Uh, I think overall we did, did deserve to win. I can say quite the opposite against the Leeds game, which we drew. I thought Leeds deserved to win that game. But against West Brom, I thought we played very well. Uh, there weren't really a player who had a bad game. Everyone put in a performance you know seven or eight rating for each player um and especially going two nil up yes the, the problem we've got at the minute is lack of concentration and and we're we just we're conceding too many goals we've we've played obviously 11 games we've conceded 17 goals this season and like I say only team in division not to keep a clean sheet so to say we're gaining momentum yes we are gaining momentum in, in terms of picking up points but recently we have been picking up um too many draws, and, and and like we always talk about here, draws can be a killer. Um, so in that regard, we're not moving up the table. We're kind of sitting where we are, which is around half, halfway. Uh, but in terms of the game, yeah, again, a great goal by Reach. You know, he, he can't half hit the ball, and you know, I'm sure he'll score a couple more like that in the remainder of the season. Um, and like you say, he's having you know his own little competition there with with his goals tally and, and, and scoring from outside of the box. Um, but it's just so, so frustrating that, you know, after 85 minutes, we, we were 2-0 up and, you know, I were I were ready to crack a beer open, you know, and, and think that were three points gained and it had put us in, well, into fifth position or sixth position, which seems crazy that we're sat in 12th just because we simply dropped two points. Um, but fair play to West Brom. They're one of those teams that, you know, have scored a lot of goals this season. They've got a great attacking force and it just goes to show that they can punish you in you know at any second and they scored two goals in three minutes and yes it was so frustrating because I thought that victory was nailed on like I say in the 85th minute but there we go it just proves how difficult the championship
1: is. Yeah obviously you mentioned there that you know you're down in 12th at the moment but only a couple of points off the playoffs and one team that have really struggled so far this season, but, you know, they only find themselves now, I think five points off or four points looking at the table off the playoffs is Stoke, obviously a good winner home against Bolton two nil on Tuesday night, somewhat eases the pressure on Rowett, but I think, you know, at the moment they need to start putting wins together, you know, quickly to to sort of ease that pressure do you think that the pressure will ease up on Rowett if he's able to put a couple of wins together or do you think that the the pressure is still there uh and this question goes to both of you I personally think that
2: um you're right when you say that a couple of wins will see them right up the table and I don't think that you know in in this next few weeks that Rowett will get sacked by any means however if they don't maintain a push where they are winning a game every other game, let's say, then when it gets to such as, let's say, December the first, then that's when I can potentially see Stoke yeah, getting rid of Rowitt. If he's, you know, below twelve, let's say, in December, and like I say the pressure gets more and more, as it has done for Steve Bruce at Villa, which we're gonna come on to, then, you know, chairmen's and clubs do look at alternatives and to save their season with, you know, half the season remaining, then that's when they do get rid of managers. And, and like I say, if if he's not, you know, within touching distance of sixth position, let's say, then yes, I can certainly see him going, but not yet. I think um, he's certainly got a few more months where he can, you know, push up the table and he's got a bit of time on his hands where, you know, with the team he's got as well and, on paper and the quality of, some Premier League players that they've, they've got there, they, there's no reason why they, they can't continue to climb in this league. But it's a tough division. They've probably not settled in well as, or as as well as they thought they would have done. And like I say, he has got a bit of time on his hands, but they need to start winning games picking fast. And like I say, if they don't suit, don't, and it gets to Christmas, then yeah, he could be gone.
3: Yeah, I agree with that, to be honest. Um, but for me, there's just such a... A negative atmosphere at Stoke at the moment having come down from the Premier League you really want a manager to kind of come in and breathe fresh new ideas and really lift the place and really um, get them feeling like they should be winning games regularly I know it's been a, a slow start for them but it's not just about the results it's about the the general feeling at the club and long term the aim for Stoke City has to be to get out of the Championship and then establish themselves in the Premier League again and at the moment, it doesn't look like Gary Rowett is going to be the right man for that, whether he turns it around or not. Just because the the vibe is so bad there, and they do really need someone just to come in and um, freshen things up, um, give them some optimism, some something to be to something to give the fans something to look forward to. Basically, when they go to a match week in, week out, that might be Rowett in the in the in the long term if he can. Um, pull it around in terms of results but at the moment I just I just don't think it's him
1: yeah well one team that you know has taken that step already to sat their manager and you know looking at where they are in the table um Aston Villa you know two points outside the playoffs. so by no means that they had sort of a, a bad start to the season I think from their point of view they'd want to be obviously higher than they are but you know it's not disaster by any stretch of the imagination um Steve Bruce sacked yesterday as we're recording this after the the 3 all draw to Preston and I think sort of looking at it from a, a Preston point of view, I think more so the deciding factor was the manner in which that they drew obviously touched on earlier that they were 2-0 up and ended up drawing the game 3 all. but you know as we said if, if Whelan sinks that penalty I think Steve Bruce is still in the job so uh, you know Fine margins at the moment, and I'm not sure where Aston Villa go for. It. I think their their next managerial appointment has got to be, you know, bang on the money. Steve Bruce got them to the playoffs last year, unlucky to lose in the final to to Fulham, who were, you know, if not the best team in the in the playoffs last season, and you know this season they've started okay couple of defeats here and there but by no means are they sort of started as badly as Stoke or or one of them kind of teams um both of your sort of opinions here do you think that Steve Bruce should have been given more time purely for the fact that he took them to the playoffs last season and he he seems to be a good manager at this level or do you think that getting rid of him was the right decision you'd like to think that teams did
2: give managers a bit longer however it's you know. <laughs> it's cutthroat, isn't it? You know, it, it happens at most clubs. It's it, you know loyalty from chairmen these days is few and far between. So it certainly didn't come as a surprise. You know that the pressure's been on Bruce really since they lost the playoff final last season, and and with the start they've made, it seems crazy because after only eleven games, they are only um, you know two three points off the playoffs. It's it's like one win. So if you know another victory. And they were sat probably fifth or six. Then maybe he would have kept his job a bit longer. But I think you know, obviously the draw against Preston and they lost to my team Sheffield Wednesday recently at home. Also, you know they've they started losing points where they should be picking up points. So I think yes, you know they've, they've probably well they have made that decision to get rid of him and and save their season if they like. So yeah, it's 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 one of them that you'll never know. And um, like I say, I wish, you know, sometimes managers did get a bit longer, but it like I say, it just it didn't come a surprise at all. You know, I expect Bruce to be the first of many, you know, I, I expect maybe another 12, 10, 12 managers to be sacked, you know, by, by the end of end of this season. So it's uh, it's just a reoccurring theme. That's all.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I'll go back to what I said about Stoke, to be
3: honest. It's a Villa are kind of a bit similar in terms of the size of the club, in terms of um, having more money to spend than other teams in this division and having been in the Premier League for so long. Um, But so when you have those kind of uh, big expectations to fill to kind of get back into the Premier League and establish yourself, I don't think it's just about kind of scraping forward with some results, some wins that you can get here and there. It's not just about kind of like the points that you pick up. Certainly by that metric, it's harsh. They're only about two points outside the playoffs, but you need to kind of, have that sense that the manager that you do have in charge is going to give you something long-term to build build towards, basically. And I think the fans just lost confidence in Bruce to do that. Um, I know he's um, not done a, a bad job there, um, considering he almost got him into the Premier League last year, but they've got to ask, is he the right man to lead the club forward over the the rest of the season and perhaps even the next season after that? And if he's not, then... He's had a a decent amount of time in the job. Give it to someone else to see what they can do long term with Aston Villa.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you too. There, I think you know it would have been nice to see him sort of stick around, you know, for a bit longer, especially considering their position. But I think at the moment around Aston Villa, sort of seeing the game and hearing the crowd reaction on Tuesday night, there's quite a negative feeling. I think the the football club as a whole needs a bit of a sort of a pick up from the. The disappointment of losing out in the playoff final last season you know there was the the image that i'm sure everyone's seen now of uh, a fan for a cabbage at steve bruce's head which you know sums up uh, how they're feeling at the moment and obviously with steve bruce going now it's it's a question of who they they turn to i think it was the the costa rica or uh, paraguay manager if i remember rightly was linked today um but you know <sighs> going for an unknown manager in in sort of championship football like that is a sort of a huge risk in itself. Is there sort of any managers in particular that you'd think could either be free at the moment to go to Aston Villa or any managers who've done well at clubs who, you know, Aston Villa could potentially go in for in the next couple of weeks?
2: Well, the obvious one for me is, and I believe his favourite, is David Moyes. He's he's been out of work for a while and it seems like he could... um, be a decent fit however with Moyes you kind of (laughs) it's either success or fail there's no in between with him I don't think Uh, so I don't know how that one would pan out the other one that's kind of been linked as well which is a bit of a surprise is you know he's had links there in the past but obviously Thierry Henry he's five to one but there's two what stand out for me who, who I think could genuinely get the job um one of them is Dean Smith Dean Smith obviously Fantastic at Brentford, like every season, he they overachieve, and 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 you've got to potentially put it down to Dean Smith and how that club's run and the players he brings in. And yes, you know at Brentford, he's he's got, he's got an opportunity to again finish in the playoffs this season. And 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 Brentford are a team for me that I love watching and. They play some great attacking football, and 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 if he left Brentford, I would be disappointed. But he'd be taking that step up in terms of obviously Aston Villa, like Simeon mentioned, a a bigger club. Um, But the other one, um, and unless a Premier League team comes in for him soon, is Sam Allardyce. Like you know, Aston Villa and Sam Allardyce seems like a a decent mould and a decent fit. And you know, as we all know love him or hate him, Allardyce has got a, a great record, um, whether that's promotion or relegation should I say um, in a relegation fight in the Premier League sorry, not promotion, uh, but yeah that would seem like a decent fit, so those two, for me, I can see one of those certainly getting the job, which like I say would be either Dean Smith or Allardyce um, but for me, David Moyes who is the favourite would be too risky, I think
3: Smith's the one that stands out for me as well, to be honest he's uh certainly done very well at Brentford in terms of the style of play. He's got them playing very um, attractive football, the kind of football that's going to um, lift the whole place at Villa if he goes there. Um, and certainly with um, the way that he's built them up over the couple of years, you would have thought that he could have a similarly uh, good long-term effect at Villa if he was to get the job. I think in general, if you're looking at, players, at managers like David Moyes or Sam Allardyce or anyone like that, you kind of risk getting into that same um, cycle of just hiring and firing short-term managers whenever things don't um, turn out quite well enough for you. What Villa really need to do now is find someone who fits the ethos for the club in terms of um, how it is at the moment, but also gives them something to build, forward, build towards um, over the next couple of years in terms of um, developing their young players as well. Um, improving the recruitment, lots of things like that. They need to really um, have a properly wholesome approach to their next manager rather than just um, panicking, going out there and um, getting someone who's going to kind of give them a bit of a a lift for maybe six months or a year, but will very probably leave them in this kind of situation um, not that far down the line.
1: Yeah, I agree with the, the point you made there, Simeon, about them needing to sort of build for the future as well. I think Dean Smith who'd be my sort of choice to go in there. Obviously Aston Villa fan and a manager that's proven that he can take a Brentford side and develop it and and bring him on, which obviously Aston Villa would want him to do there. And he's kind of fits the mold of a kind of manager with the ethos. Of playing attacking attractive football which you know Aston Villa want and I think at the moment there they've certainly got the players to do that you know the likes of Yannick Balassi who I mentioned earlier, Tammy Abraham all fit that mould of, of a team that can play quick exciting football so I think the logical choice would be Dean Smith and I know over the last couple of weeks we've talked about how Brentford are one of the dark horses for promotion this year and you know obviously if, if Smith does go to Aston Villa you know that would be a real sort of dent in their chances but I think definitely he for me had be the one that they should go for. Uh, whether that's the case, you know, remains to be seen. And I think over the next couple of weeks, as we said, that that appointment is absolutely crucial, and and not just to rush into it for the sake of, of rushing into it. Um, I think at the moment, you know, their their squad is good enough that with a caretaker in charge for a game or two until that international break. They, you know, should be, you know, more or less fine. And you know, with how tight the league is at the moment, they're not going to drift massively outside the playoffs. So, I think, yeah, that that next appointment is going to be absolutely crucial, and and will shape their f- sort of future for for many years to come. Hopefully. Um, but just to move on next, obviously I've touched on Yannick Balassi a little bit there, who's a fantastic player. Um, and there's been a lot of talk that I've seen on Twitter in the last few weeks, Blackburn fans in particular, saying that Bradley Dak is, you know, a shoe in for an England call-up. And, you know, each team has their own sort of player, Adam Reach, Barry Bannon have, have stood out for you, Louis, um, Bob Varsen for Reading. Who do you guys see this season? Obviously, you could have named a host of Wolves players last season who was the sort of the quote best player in the championship is there anyone who stood out for you this season as as sort of making a stake for that claim or anyone who you didn't expect to have a particularly good season who's really stepped up so far this season i think it's difficult are you talking obviously
2: england call-ups for me in the championship i'm surprised mason mount has been called up because there's no you know like you said last season there was like your nevers and your cairnes um fantastic players like you know that stood out and game by game always put in an eight or nine performance uh, with goals or assists I know obviously Kearney was injured a lot last season but when he did come back you know they, they, they were cut above the rest and in terms of best players in this division you know other than your your Dwight Gales and I'm a big fan of Harry Wilson I think once you know he's he settles into this season again he could be one of the standout players again uh, I love Aidan Flint uh, but in terms of any other players you know I'm I'm not sure um, there's no how can I put it no Messi or Ronaldo in this championship division is there that you know week in week out scoring 30 goals or grabbing 20 assists a season you know um so I'm un- I'm unsure in that part but from my perspective you know at Sheffield Wednesday we have got a lot of youth players coming through uh, so the likes of Matt Penny and Ash Baker uh, you know we- we've got a handful at the minute we've obviously got the two goalkeepers in Dawson and Wildsmith also who are um you know got great futures ahead of them so you know, there's a hell of a lot of players, like you could list every single team and a couple of players in each team that, you know, is worthy of, you know, potentially playing in the England under-21s and, and, and have a bright future and could potentially get an England call-up, but I don't think this season there has been anybody in particular, you know, I'm not saying players have had a bad season by any means, but there's no one what stands out for me, what thinks, yeah, they're going to be a... England player or future England star in the next couple of years. Like I say, Mason Mount, I'm, I'm guessing Gareth Southgate, as we know, is building for the future and he's p- potentially looking at Mount for the Euros or the, even the World Cup in four years' time. He's, he is that young, but like I say, it, it was a bit of a surprise. And, and at this stage, I'm, I'm I'm unsure on anyone else, to be honest.
3: The guy who really stands out for me, to be honest, is Neil Mopai um, at Brentford. Um I know they play a very attractive style of football, so having a guy who can um, get in the right place to stick away with those chances is always going to is always going to help. But um, nine goals so far this season, another three assists as well, in only what nine games or so um, of the campaign. He's done so well, just scoring so regularly for an already very good side. Um, yeah, so he's got to stand out for me. Otherwise. Uh, looking at West Brom strike force uh, Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez, just finding goals regularly. Um, but I, I guess in general, I, I agree with Louis in that there's no kind of one standout um, Ronaldo, as you as you say, in this division. Um, the players that do kind of I think guess that they do kind of go above the rest in terms of quality are the ones who are just reliable, who just score week in week out. It's typically the um, the same household names, people like Billy Sharp and uh, Benny Fobe, players that we know are going to score regularly at this level. And you just need to to get them in the right team, get them playing regularly, and they're going to and they're going to deliver the goods for you. It's not so much about having a a standout, obvious superstar in this division; just about having reliable players.
1: Yeah, the two that stand out for me, and sort of watching them in person uh, a couple of weeks ago away at Leeds and. There was Barry Douglas, who I'm still surprised Wolves let him go in the summer. Obviously, their their replacements coming in and done fantastically well, but he was one of the, the driving forces for them last season to get him promoted. So. I was shocked that he'd he'd come back down this season, but yeah, Barry Douglas for me, you know, he's probably the best set piece taker in the division, the best sort of crosser of a ball that I've seen for for quite a while, and you know, for Leeds to have him this season is a a massive sort of coup for them, and he started the season fantastically well for them, and the one player who. Sort of seen him on TV. I was always a bit sceptical of him. I thought he was a good player, but I thought Leeds fans did hype him up a bit too much. But seeing him in person and how he he ran the game against us was uh, size uh, absolutely fantastic on the ball. And I think you know if Leeds can keep them too fit this season, that you know they'll be there or thereabouts. Especially if they can um, keep the squad fit, which we touched on a couple of weeks ago with the sort of the intensity that Bielsa likes to play and train at. So, yeah, for me, it'd be them too. Obviously, it's easy to go to the likes, like you guys have mentioned already. You know, Jay Rodriguez, Dwight Gale, Morpay, um, fantastic players. And, you know, ones who I'm sure at the end of the season will be probably in the top sort of five, six of... A top goal scorers in the division um, sadly this season I can't highlight any Preston players because they've all been that bad but you know on their day we do have some decent players um, but just moving on before we uh, sort of look to wrap up obviously games next weekend um coming up we'll start with you first louis you're on the sunday this week i believe on tv away yeah. to bristol city quite a tricky game but i think bristol city have struggled in recent weeks so obviously you've got those two points against uh teams in the top three do you think you can go one step further this weekend and and play a team that are a bit low on confidence at the moment and and get a sort of a decent result down there no not really if i'm honest um <laughs> going to bristol city
2: concerns me if i'm honest yeah um I expect Bristol City, when they play at home, to usually come out on top, and, and, and they do. And like you say, they have had a dip in form. However, they're still sat 10th. They're they uh, they're on the same points as us. And yeah, I don't I don't know why. I've just got a bad feeling about this one. I'm, I'm going into this one expecting to lose and hope for anything other than that, basically. If, if we do come, obviously, away with a point or the three points, then I'll be over the moon. And it'd be a great win. I mean, we've, we've only... Um, won one away game this season and this is where we we need to improve so start picking up points on the road it would be a great start at Bristol City because they are a decent team obviously Andreas Weinmann he's got five goals this season so far so he's he's been one of their standout players but like I say I'm going to hold my hands up I don't expect us to get much. I mean, I'm always quietly confident when we play at home. We're unbeaten in eight games now at home, Sheffield Wednesday. So if, if it were role reversal and we had Bristol City at home, I'd expect to probably win that game. But on the road, yeah, it's going to be very difficult. And and I'm going to hope for a point. And, but if I were predicting, I'd, I'd probably say
1: we'd lose that game 2-1. Uh, but anything else
2: would be, uh, be great.
1: Yeah, and to come to you, Simeon, obviously a tricky game, or I say tricky, a very difficult away game to, to West Brom. You know, flying at the moment, um, obviously they got the the 2-0 draw at Sheffield Wednesday the other day. How do you see that game going and do you think that you can get anything at all from that game?
3: I'm terrified, to be honest. Um, looking at, looking at the, the goals they're scoring, how, um, how well they're playing, how quickly they're picking up points as well, it's just and compare that to the poor form we've had this season. No, we've had a a little bit of a of a of an upturn in recent weeks in terms of p- performances, um, but we're probably going to get a, get a pasting. To be quite honest with you, surprisingly, we haven't lost by more than one goal this season so far anywhere. Um, but I can really see that uh, changing on Saturday if Gail and Rodriguez show up and really kind of um, put the boot into what is a a team that is already low on confidence and short on quality. If they turn up, then. I can see it being 3-4-0, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and another tricky game for Preston. Obviously, being bottom of the league, any game's going to be tricky at the moment. We have a home game against Wigan, so a bit of a Northwest derby. Um, Don't class it as a a big derby game, although I think Wigan fans you know anyone around us they they seem to to class as one so it will be a, a good game to watch as a as a neutral i think we're going to take in a big allocation and you know hopefully we can get sort of a, a decent gate on to to get behind the team after the draw at aston villa um i think for us it's a case of doing whatever we can to to pick up three points at the moment you know we haven't won since the opening game of the season uh in the league which you know is sort of quite frightening to think about considering we were one of the teams tipped as being a potential dark horse for the playoffs this year so need to get back to winning ways as soon as possible and you know we're going to started the season fantastically well they're riding that momentum from coming up from league one so I think it'll be a tricky game um, I think the Positive for us is we're getting key players back now. Obviously, Ben Pearson and Ryan Ladson are back from their suspensions and Shawnee Maguire's back in training as well. I think Saturday will come a bit too soon for him, but you know he could be on the bench, but I wouldn't expect him to play a massive part um so the the real positive though is the had probably his best game in a preston shirt up front against aston villa on on tuesday night so if he can start finding form as well and then to have maguire coming back as well you know that's like only going to help us um if i was to go for a score i'd I'd like to think we'd shade it just riding that wave uh, whatever Neil said to the the lads at half time on Tuesday night seemed to work so you know if they can take that sort of drive into the game on Saturday I think we can get back to winning ways Um, but you know having said that I've, I've said that countless times this season and it's it's backfired so I'd like to think we'd win, but I'm not particularly confident. Um, but just before we wrap up, looking for the fixtures for Saturday, there's one game that really takes sort of my interest. Uh the early game on the Saturday, Leeds at home to Brentford. Um, probably so far this season, as a neutral, I'd say this has the potential to be game of the weekend um, or even game of the season so far. Just uh, quick sort of thoughts from you two. How do you see the game going? Do you think Leeds can get sort of the three points home to Brentford, or do you think that Brentford can go there with, you know, no fear and, and give them a good game? Uh, Both points. Yeah. I think, you know, Leeds have got the
2: advantage being at home. So, you know, my mind tells me that Leeds will probably come out victorious. However, we all know what Brentford are capable of. So that's like you say, this is why it's got one of uh, the potential making to be one of, one of the really good games of the season. Um, You'd expect goals, you know. It wouldn't surprise me if it were two-two or even a three-all. But like I say, if if I was a betting man and putting money on it, Leeds being at, at home and they seem to have, you know, found a bit of form again slightly recently um, with obviously um, some of their key players being injured. That um, they're still picking up points. So yes, I will go with Leeds. Um, but if I was predicting a result, ugh. Like I say, it's, it's a difficult one because I know what Brentford are capable of. Um, I'm going to go 3-2 to Leeds, um, I believe.
3: It's an odd one to predict, really, because um, just looking at their form at the moment, they haven't been winning games regularly, either of them. Brentford have been dropping some points recently. I know Leeds got that that um, that recent win at Hull, but apart from that, generally speaking, they've both been struggling to win in the last five games or so. Um but when these when you've got really good teams like that going um head to head especially in a kind of like a big fixture a, um televised match and everything, then it can bring the best out of them. It could be one of the most exciting games of the season it could be one of the least exciting games of the season if both teams just decide to to cancel each other out, but I guess at the moment I'm 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 naturally c- going to be conservative and just uh, uh, towards a, d- a draw, um, probably a 2-2 between both of them. Pretty cagey one with some, some flashes of brilliance, but they'll cancel each other out.
1: Yeah, I think if I was going to go for a result, I'd say uh, a score draw. That's probably what I'll put on my accumulator, and knowing my recent luck in accumulators, that'll probably be sort of the complete opposite to what'll happen. But yeah, I think it'll be a, a great game to watch, and I think you know, the the attacking talents of both teams will be there, sort of on show, and I I think there'll be a lot of goals in the game. Um, But yeah, uh, I think Leeds, you know, been the home team, should be expecting to win, but Brentford, you know, coming off the back of that, that draw against Reading, and I know they've sort of found it difficult in recent weeks will be wanting to to get back to winning ways as well so yeah if i was to go for a bet i'd, I'd say a score draw to all um but with that we're out of time if you two want to let everyone know where they can find you and any projects you're involved in now would be a good time yeah so uh, my name is louis Shackshaft. shaft you can find me on
2: twitter my name is my handle so at louis Shackshaft, shaft uh, i do a lot of articles and blogging Um, I'm also doing uh, a lot of Sheffield Wednesday statistics at the minute, so my latest blog will be about that, basically. Um, So you can look out for that on my Twitter page or uh, just visit louisshackshaft.com to find that.
3: I'm Simon Pickup, editor of The West End. You can find me on Twitter at SimFromBucks. I write a lot for The West End, and you can find us on Twitter at The West End.
1: Yeah, and as I said at the start, you can find me on my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers. Uh, More importantly, you can reach us on the show at Championship Pod. Uh, The shows each week are posted on there, and there's plenty of things to get involved in as well. Um, So definitely give us a follow and check our pin tweets each week and you won't miss a show. Um, But with that, we're out of time. Cheers for joining me today, guys. Uh, It's been a pleasure to have you on as always, and we'll see you again soon.